Hello, my name is Jessica Cruz Avalos, and welcome to the Great Design Lead Podcast. I'm the creative director at JPW Communications, and right now, and always, I am constantly finding new ways to better myself, not just in my career, but as an individual, because let's be real, no one's got their shit together, and that's okay. <laughs> that makes me feel so good right now. <laughs> because- I'm glad. <laughs> I always uh, um, uh, am nervous before a podcast, like every single one. And yeah. then by the end, I'm like, what was I nervous for? Um, <laughs> and like people listening to this can't see this, but I- I'm sitting in a spare room in my parents' house because I was here for the weekend to take care of the dog. And then right before the podcast started, the dog somehow made it into the room. And this is the one room in the whole house I thought he wouldn't get me. I'm really impressed though, Emily, like your setup and everything. Cause you know, you said you were over there for the weekend and you have your mic stand and everything. So legit. Thanks. Yeah. It was like, I, I don't know, uh, starting a podcast, the finances aren't too bad. Like this, the stand was maybe like 15 bucks and the mic was about 80. Like as long as you have that, you can, you can start a podcast. It's true. <laughs> I've done podcasts where, you know, I don't know if you've done it, but we're, Two people are sharing a microphone and you're kind of really close to each other because you know how you have to have your face. (laughs) It's kind of intimate, I guess. (laughs) I did that once with uh, my friend Cam and he's dating one of my best friends and I felt like a little weird. I was like, okay, we're we're close, but like not that close. (laughs) I don't want to bother your girlfriend. (laughs) She's one of my best friends, but it was fine. He was like totally normal. Um, What? One thing I wanted to uh, 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 bring up before we start getting into your story and and where you're from and everything is um, I'm curious if your Hello Kitty obsession still stands today. It actually does. And I've it's not as bad as it used to be. So um, I me and my sister loved Hello Kitty. And the funny thing is, is that when I got into the design industry after graduating I was a production artist at a local casino but then my mentor there she's like Jess there's an opening at this company Upper Deck in Carlsbad California and they're looking for a designer like a like a entry level and I'm like okay she goes and it's for Hello Kitty and I'm like shut up (laughs) shut up she goes don't tell them though and I'm like and then (laughs) So I'm going to this interview and I already know what it's about. I'm kind of nervous and I really want it. And basically the the company had a licensing with Sanrio and their previous designer was leaving. So then they needed a new replacement and I got it and it was like the best. I got the job and I was super stoked. And I think two weeks in, they had invited the, the Sanrio team to a Sanrio like 50th birthday party for Hello Kitty in Santa Monica. Wow. And just being like this green little designer, we, we go to Santa Monica and we're in this airport hangar and it's like this giant Hello Kitty land. Like it's a giant party. There's a red carpet with some celebrities. And then um, what is it? There's like a Ferris wheel in this hangar and it's all Hello Kitty themed and you get free wow. swag bags and <laughs> they had free alcohol. And it was Hello Kitty alcohol and it was like the best dream ever. And <laughs> And then that exists. Yes. Hello Kitty alcohol exists. Yes. Google it. It's true. It's delicious. <laughs> and um, they have like a rosé and a champagne. But anyway, <laughs> but I was like, it was like the best gig ever because it was I was always immersed 
in designing Hello Kitty cards. And I even got to make my own artwork, which was really cool. I got to collaborate with the licensor and their designer design team. And it was really awesome. And um, I don't know if anyone listening has worked with licenses before or any IPs, but licensors take their intellectual property very seriously. Like Hello Kitty's in a cat. She's a girl. She's a little girl. She's three years old. Three years old? I think she is. And she lives in London and she has a boyfriend. But I'm like, why does a little kid have a boyfriend? (laughs) And then she has a twin sister. And it's like this huge whole story and you have to keep up with it. And it's very cool being in that world. And I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, But now that (laughs) I think I think as I get older, I realize that I I should spend my money on more um, other important things. (laughs) So. If anything, my Hello Kitty obsession has moved over to my daughter. And so she <laughs> she's the one that gets most of the Hello Kitty stuff. But I, part of me is still like buys it for her for me. So, <laughs> but oh, and then there was also a Hello Kitty convention that only happened for one year. And I dressed I up saw pictures of that in like a Hello Kitty dress <laughs> with like a bunch of Hello Kitty stuff. It was amazing. And even Nelson, my husband, he got into it. So that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a picture of that it was uh, there was like this giant almost like mechanical hello kitty yeah Yeah. (laughs) it was like this whole art exhibition thing and I uh, one of my prized possessions is from that convention where they did these really cool silk screen posters of hello kitty and they were like in neon colors and they were like numbered so they like I think they only printed like 35 and I bought one and it hangs in my living room and I just stare at it every day like you are mine (laughs) (laughs) my daughter cannot touch this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like put like bulletproof uh, glass exactly. over it so yeah. like if she throws a toy it's fine <laughs> it's like the mona lisa you know <laughs> you can, like, see it from like a roped off section you know <laughs> so so w- this all started with you and your sister when you were you were younger playing with hello oh, kitty yeah oh yeah and it was i think i don't know it's just my sister was into it she's six years older than me and then I just, of course, inherited that passion as well. Um, but it was it was great. And then um, the funny thing is what happened. I would go, I actually went to headquarters in, in Hawthorne. And it was so funny because we were in a meeting and the entire meeting room is like a Sanrio store. It has all of this product in the room. And I remember wow. one of the employees had a, like those pens, the Sanrio pens. And those are so pretty. Me and my sister used to collect them. And her pen died. And she just simply threw it in the trash can. And I was so close to just going in the trash can and taking it. <laughs> <laughs> just replacing the ink or even no, just keeping it. Keeping it. <laughs> They're so pretty. <laughs> and I was like, compose yourself. You Got to be professional. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that you, this should go in the recycling. I'll go take it and yeah, put it away exactly. for you. I'll do it. Don't I'll, don't worry. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm leaving anyways. I'll just go out. It's on my way. Yeah, totally. I I, I just remember like I instinctively kind of flinched too, and I was like, wait. <laughs> just, <laughs> you actually started going for it. It's pretty bad. Hey, when I was, it's funny because my parents never. It was only during special occasions that my parents would give me and my sister Sanrio products. And then as I got older, I saw how much everything costs. And I was like, I get it. I get why my parents never <laughs> rare, rarely bought us anything, you know? So same with, that's going to happen with my daughter too. So <laughs> what kind of costs are you talking about when it comes to these things? <laughs> like, I think I was like 
last time I was at a store, which there's not very much anymore, there were like, I think it was like a bag and it was like $40. And I was like, whoa. Or like even the pens are really expensive. They're like four, three, four dollars for a pen. A pen. Yeah. I can go to Costco and get like 20 <laughs> for the same price, you know? So <laughs> well, or 50, if you think about it. <laughs> so you and your sister, I know you're from California, I'm guessing. Um, yes. San so Diego. What, San Diego, that's where you grew up. Mm-hmm. yeah and and so kind of like wh- what was it like growing up in San Diego because I grew up in uh uh Pennsylvania which is much colder and much different and more <laughs> dear <laughs> so what, what was it like growing up where you were from oh yeah um so me and my family we I grew up in Chula Vista which is a suburb of San Diego and it's South San Diego and I loved it I my in-laws still live down in Chula Vista and when I go down I it's just nice to come back because it's like so familiar almost nostalgic in a way even though like things have changed over there um economically but it's still very much the same and it was so much fun the weather's perfect all year round um when it's probably you laugh when it's like 68 degrees it's cold for us I think I think the other day it was like 66 and raining and we were all bundled up and had beanies on but then we were flip-flops okay so <laughs> it doesn't make sense and then uh, um yeah it, the beach is right there but I've noticed that local San Diegans we really don't like the beach so much like we don't do all the touristy things that everyone does because I guess we take advantage of it or take a take it for granted yeah and because San Diego is such a in Port City and everyone out of town moves there it's rare to find someone that's from here and so one day I was in yoga and someone's like I've never met anyone from San Diego before that grew up here and I was like I have they're like whoa you're such a unicorn and I'm like really (laughs) in the place (laughs) yeah and then and then we have the the world famous San Diego zoo that one's really cool we actually have two zoos there's like uh safari park with the elephants and all the really big animals and then we have the the awesome zoo with the panda bears and polar bears and then we have sea world which we grew up and went all the time now there's legoland which is 20 minutes away from me so and you know my husband is like a huge lego fanatic and so we (laughs) have an annual pass and we go there whenever (laughs) we want to so (laughs) yeah it's really fun living here it's 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 super fun you should come we'll take you out Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> that Come would be down. so fun. <laughs> yeah, and there's we're known for our crafted beer, so let's go. I love I, San Diego. Can't imagine living anywhere else. My uh, my aunt uh, was stationed in San Diego for a while. What she sta- was? Uh, what base? I, f- I forget. Uh, but um, she was. She's like one of the some of the. Mo- She's very relaxed when you talk to her, but when you hear her backstory, she's like one of the most intense people that I know. Uh, she is a physical therapist for the Navy SEALs. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. She's seen it all then. And so wow. she grew up, she, she uh, was stationed there for a while and her telling me about like the beaches. I think she actually lived like above a surf shop and cool. she told me all that, but, but yeah, that, that's all I know. I've never actually been to California um, before. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you, whenever you come, let me and Nelson know. We'll totally take you out. It's really fun here. And uh, I, I, I saw that um, 
something else about about you growing up was um your your mom's cooking I noticed that <laughs> your your mom uh you, you were you, there was like some post about like how important your uh Filipino's mom's cooking is to you yeah so uh, my family is really based on mealtime um, I think it started with my grandma because <laughs> I think it's a lot of Filipino families to be honest because um when you come and visit your grandma or your aunt they come you know they're like here have some food and you're like no I already ate and they're like no and then they hand you like a giant plate of food and then of course you have to be respectful so you end up eating it and <laughs> which isn't a bad thing because it's really usually good food but then yeah like my whole family revolves around food we're like it's kind of I'll, I'll tell you this later but um when you're sad they give you food when you're happy they give you food mm-hmm. and it's just this comfort thing that um is attached to it with especially thinking of my grandma she always cooked this like really good meals and you know no one can cook like your grandma and yeah. my mom is is close but she <laughs> can admit she can't do it like my grandma and um, <laughs> and then moving out and being an adult and being independent you try to learn these 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 recipes that your grandma has taught your mom and your mom's taught you and you still can't get it down to the exact same science but it's close Mm -hmm. and at the same time it's like I really want to make sure that I my daughter uh, has the same experience too with food because it really is about family and taking care of one another and just having conversations and silly conversations around the table about like what you know food is food is where the stories are shared you know and I think that's why it's really nice I I saw this picture of I think it was like like 10 dishes and I think the comment was something like oh just came to visit my family just came to visit (laughs) and it was like all of these serving dishes and I'm like it's very intense yeah and it was like probably like four adults and one child and then you end up just taking like the food home anyways and so you have lunch for the whole week which works out because you save money um but the funny thing is is as I get older and I learn more things about myself I realize like that relationship with food of like when you're happy you eat when you're sad you eat like I realize that's oh maybe that's why I'm like you know I I, I was overweight for like majority of my life and then I you know having a health coach it's it, she's like yeah Jess you can't have emotional dependence on food and I'm like oh it, this is it's because it came from here and she's like yeah okay it's because you're brought up it's totally fine you just have to you know moderate you learn moderation and I'm like gotcha 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 so yeah it's pretty funny, but I love, yeah, food is, food is for soul, like, it feeds the soul for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, um, I remember uh, listening to um, Nelson talk about kind of like that, that time in your life, um, when you uh, were going from what you were talking about just now to um, uh, like doing all of these runs and doing <laughs> all of this like super intense workout stuff. Yeah. And I, uh, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to be friends with her <laughs> because I went through something kind of similar. I like, obviously when you go to college, it's super normal to gain weight when you go to college. Um, 40 or 50, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Something. yeah. And then I, I, I kind of like, uh, I was kind of the person that was like, oh, as long as I'm like generally happy, I shouldn't care too much about that kind of stuff. I should just like not even like look at the numbers or anything like that. And then I got to a point like midway through college, I was like, oh, uh, this isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm tired all the time. This isn't yeah. fun. And then um, I started, I started doing all these like 
Lily Sabri YouTube workouts and like all of this stuff. And uh, it was it was probably one of the hardest things I ever did. And I think that just outside of like, I I listened to somebody talk about um working out and she's talked about why she works out every day. She said a lot of people um shower every day just like to feel clean. She said, I work out every day so that I feel clean from the inside. Yes. I've never heard anybody talk about it like that. And then once I heard her say that, I was like, this is why I'm a lot happier. (laughs) Exactly. Um, That whole journey of uh, my health journey, which is still happening, like (laughs) it's always happening. um, That started because I've always been overweight as a kid and you know I kind of was like the same I'm like oh I'm happy I'm happy with who I am and where I'm at and as I got older I realized I was like oh I'm, I have a little bit of a confidence you know issue going on and and then I had my daughter and I gained a lot of weight and I realized that it started affecting me my weight started affecting me in a way where like you said I was tired I was I was 30 years old and I felt like I was 80 <laughs> mm. and I was always tired. I, I was going through postpartum depression. Um, I had severe anxiety and, and it was affecting my work because at that time I was freelancing and running my own business with my, my business partner at the time. And I realized that too, that I needed to change something, especially if I wanted to be happy and healthy, you know, cause it was really, really bad. I was in a really bad um, headspace too. And so I think one day my business partner was like, hey, let's go try that J-Lo diet where she doesn't eat any carbs for like a whole week or two weeks. And I'm like, are you serious? She goes, yeah, we'll look like J-Lo afterwards. And so I tried it. And, you know, I didn't know shit about nutrition. So I was just like eating like fruits, which has fucking carbs in it. For God's sake. <laughs> like I was like, oh, carbs equals bread and rice and you know, noodles. But then you know, there's sugar and stuff. So anyway. That's a whole different story. Um, I did it and I was like, oh, I feel a little bit better. And then for some reason, I was like, let me try these like boot camp gyms. I was like, yeah. they look crazy. And I was like, I don't even know if I could do it, but let's go like research. So I Googled like local boot camp, Escondido, California. And next thing you know, it, I found um, a gym. And what was really cool about this gym is because the coach, her name's Vera, she, had Facebook lives and she would record the, the workouts and be like, look how much fun we're having. And there was like Ooh. different types. It was mostly mommies and they had their kids running in the background while they were working out. And they were like different sizes, different ages, all different levels. And I was like, Oh, this could be something worth trying. And so I didn't know that you're supposed to like register online and like, reserve, like, you know, let her know you're coming in. I just straight up came in and she looked at me and she's like, she's like this really like stoic Russian and she's super like badass. She's kind of intimidating when you first meet her, like Nelson's actually scared of her. And she's <laughs> like, hi, who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm Jess. I'm, I'm going to, I wanted to try out your class. And she's like, okay. And so <laughs> Emily, I literally never have done burpees in my life. And I did it for like a whole hour. I want, I threw up in my mouth, but I didn't want to show people. So I swallowed it. <laughs> That's the most hardcore thing I've ever heard. I've never done like slam balls. I've never done like, um, no. I had to do push ups. I had to do sit ups. And I was like 40 pounds overweight. And I've never exercised like, like I did yoga, but that was it. But 
that was like five years before, but I've never done anything this physically strenuous before. And after the workout, she could tell I was dying. And she's like, how, how, how'd you do? Great. I'll see you next time. And I'm like, totally like acting cool. And then when I got in the car, I freaking collapsed. <laughs> Is there just a moment of like, I just need some me time before yeah. I start this car. And then, and then I was like, okay, well, it, that was a challenge. I survived. Let's try it again. And so I came back and she's like, oh, you're back. And wow. I, was like, I was like, yeah, you know, just like, you know, nothing hit Ben Gay can't fix, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so then eventually, like after like six months, like it was, I started getting really good at it. And then I started getting into running and my coach is like, so awesome where she'd look at you and she goes you're gonna run a 5k and I'm like excuse me she goes you're gonna run a 5k and I'm like I've never done that she goes I don't care you're gonna do it so I ended up running a 5k and then wow. next thing you know she's like you're gonna do a Spartan race and I'm like are you kidding me a Spartan how, race how far is that there's different types of Spartans and so there's a 5k but I think there's like 20 obstacle courses and so if you don't complete <laughs> an obstacle course you have to do like 30 burpees every time <laughs> And like you're in, mud, horrible. you're in the water and it's just like you're dirty by the time you're done. And and so but anyways, I was training for a Spartan and then the pandemic happened so mm. that everything went virtual. So then we, her gym went virtual. And one day I was working out. She's like, you know what, Jess, you're going to do a 50K. And I'm like, Excuse me. She goes, you're going to do 31 miles. You're going to run 31 miles on a trail. And I'm like, OK, wait, wait, wait. You already got me on a 5K. I've done a 10K on a trail. I haven't even done a half. She's like, doesn't matter. You could totally do it. <laughs> Who is this woman? She's pretty awesome. She's changed my life. I have, Emily, I got like two mindset coaches, man. It takes a village for this shit to stick, right? <laughs> Miscomposed. I have to have like so many people behind me to support me for sure. No, I've learned that you can't do it alone. And, um, but she's like, you're going to do a 50K. And this is like probably around, what was this? She proposed this idea in February and I thought she was nuts. No, she proposed this. She proposed this. Oh my God, I'm having mom brain right now. Um, she actually proposed this, yeah, at the beginning. And I thought she was crazy. And then I said, okay, fine. I'm like, I've done a lot. I've gone through a lot. I think I could do this. And this is like a, a test for myself to see if I could actually fulfill this this goal right to accomplish this goal and so with her business partner she they do trainings um they train runners to prepare for races and so I went through like a 15 week training to run 31 miles and I literally did the math and it took about five six months five to six months no wait I can't do math right now it's too damn early Emily I'm sorry (laughs) 12 weeks. There we go. No, 16 weeks. There we go. 16 16 weeks. weeks. So four months, I ran 500 miles just to prepare for 31 miles in one day. (laughs) Oh my God. And the reason why, but the really good part about running though, Emily, is that after you run, you get to eat. So like, (laughs) so when you do ultra races or even marathons, you eat every 45 minutes. And so I'm like, I could do this. I could totally do this. So eat, run. drink and it's it's I've never done an ultra race before so the day of um 
I didn't know how aid stations worked. I only knew about like 5K, 10K aid stations and they mm. usually just have water. But then when you're doing ultras, it's like NASCAR when you hit an aid station, like you will run up and they know exactly what you need and everyone surrounds you and it's like zoop, 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 zoop. And they're like packing food in your vest. They're like re- refilling your um, hyd- hydration pack on your back. What? They're like pouring water on you. They're putting ice in your, in your clothes because you're like, don't want to heat up. And then they push you out and they go, go. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Like, I'm like totally prepared <laughs> all of a sudden. And, you just like black out in those like 30 seconds? Well, because you're practically dying at that point. <laughs> but then once you're once they take care of you, you're like recharged in like two minutes. And you're like, how did that happen? But it's really cool, like the trail community, because everyone takes care of each other, like strangers. Like you're running and they're like, they check in on you. They're like, are you okay? And then they actually like, we like give each other food off of our packs like do you need my food because you need it more than I do and it's like Aww. strangers wow. or like if someone gets hurt they like take care of them and then we all we all have our own gear so we're like pulling out band-aids we're pulling out wraps we have salt pills in case we get someone like is having cramps or something so mm-hmm. it's just a nice community of like just everyone cares about each other and it's not even though it is competitive it's still about like making sure that everyone is safe because it is kind of a dangerous <laughs> sport <laughs> that we have to deal with coyotes rattlesnakes uh uh overheating dehydration just a lot of things <laughs> wait, wait, wait 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 the first two <laughs> wait 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 wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> coyotes and rattlesnakes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so because we it's, it's not street tracing it's all on the trails so we were doing like in the mountains and oh and God. I was training during rattlesnake season, which is around springtime, I think. And when you're running, Emily, all you hear is the rattlers on each side of the trail. And you're like, I'm not bothering you. I know you're there. Just, just. oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. We, then we like, see, what the hell? we see stories. And then one day I was training and then this coyote came running up to me like a regular dog and I stopped and he just passed me by. And I was just like, don't move, don't move. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my god! You're like literally probably like a foot away from me, and I was just like, "Be cool, Jess. Just stop running and look away. Don't look at." Him. Yeah, don't make eye contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was a fun experience for sure, and I look back at it, and I don't even know how I did it, but it's very—it's a very cool adventure, and I haven't ran in a while because. <laughs> because of my new job as the creative director I don't have much Mm. time to like run during the week and I only have time to run on the weekend so I can't get those long runs in because I have to work up to them but um, I will eventually that is for sure one of my goals is to get back into running because it is fun it is nice to not think about work or having anyone email you you're kind of out in the wild in the nature just being which is lovely no one bothers you. You don't have, no one needs anything from you. You're just running and you're concentrating on not dying. <laughs> That's so, so I just, I don't even know if you would remember the, the what you were feeling in, in that moment when you were doing the 30 K, but the third, yeah, the, the 50 K. Yeah. 50 K. That's okay. The fact that that's a thing is like absolutely crazy there's actually 100 k's which are 62 miles and then there's 100 milers that people run and then there's a 240 miler that people run so oh my god <laughs> yeah it's a cold culture but 
I remember I told my coach, I said, it's going to suck. She's like, yes, it's going to suck. I'm all, but I will enjoy it. She's like, exactly. She goes, enjoy every single thing that you are going through. Uh, And she goes, and just know that you just got to keep going. And I'm like, okay. And you know, all this practice, my coach always told me, she goes, it's not the day of the race. That's the hard part. It is the training up to it. Day of the race is easy. Because that's why we practice, Jess. That's why we train is because we want to prepare so that when the day comes, you get to actually be in it and enjoy it. And it, that, I think I take that a lot into my work, that lesson of, of preparation and just enjoying it, whether it's bad or good. Because in the end of the day, it's going to pass and it's going yeah. to be awesome, you know? And it's that 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 endurance and that stamina that really kind of translates into design in a way like you know when you're designing and you're like <laughs> I don't know about you Emily but you're like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing like I'm gonna, <laughs> something's gonna come I just don't know when but it's gonna happen I just don't know what I'm gonna do at this moment and then it happens right so it's a matter of like really sticking to it and being persistent about it and that I take that all the stuff I've learned from training for my 50k a lot into my career for sure so um like I've done a lot of running not as as crazy as that but I I used to be um uh on a, a crew team like a rowing team very in college cool. uh-huh. <laughs> and uh the the thing that was that was crazy is that they would make us run a mile like every morning yeah. um to the boathouse and uh I just remember like the first couple times like I was so far in the back I was dying like I was like not going in at consciousness but like close <laughs> but as as time progressed it was it was um uh so fun like you, as your body gets more used to it like I would look forward to it I would be like the front of the pack it was so I mean I was a coxswain so I didn't have to maintain my energy for the actual practice because I would be steering the boat but there there would be that and then we would do the run and then we would get in boats and I would be focused on absolutely nothing other than what is needed yeah and it, it was so so helpful in freshman year because you're thinking about uh, you're away from your family for the first time you have all of this school stuff finances mm-hmm. all of this kind of stuff the friends that you're making at school boys <laughs> and you're damn just boys focused, <laughs> you're just focused on like only that and it, it, yeah. it was and it's not really something that you get to experience that often right like you always have your phone on you or always contact people people always need something for you like the when you said that that's like exactly how I, I have felt like the only thing that I'm doing right now is this one thing and it's not that often that that you do that and if you can actually have that mentality into work like when you're at work like the the ability to just tune out everything else than the thing that you're doing is yeah. crazy and and you don't feel so mentally exhausted right because then you don't I feel like we're we're forced to multitask a lot nowadays and and I'm learning thankfully from my supervisor too she's realizing that to cuz you know with agency life there's so much possibilities for burnout cuz we move so fast in agency life and we've realized as a team and my supervisor is really awesome she's like no the design team gets gets at least 
power hours. So you cannot bother the design team between 9am in the morning to 1pm in the afternoon, because Mm -hmm. that is their time to really work. And like you said, it's like that time to really just think about one thing and not have to worry about anyone else is like that time you could really focus and, Mm. and it's energizing almost in a way because you get to like, there's no pressure at that point. You know what I mean? Like there is a pressure, but at that same time, at least you have that time to, for yourself to really focus on what you need to do. Um, and it's just to go back to exercising though. Um, I had my best ideas when I was running because then the, the, really? my mind was clear. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then, or like, you know, your uh, client responds, like when at the time I was freelancing and when a client would respond <laughs> to an email and I'm like, you know, it's not the email that you want to hear or read. And so you're just trying to figure out a response and because you, you're clear headed and you have oxygen in your, in your, in your body and you're, <laughs> you know, moving and you're not, you know, stressed out, then you're like, okay, I could, this is how I'm going to respond to this email, you know, and you could do it in a more rational way. So I really enjoy those moments where you can really just be clear headed. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, Cause sometimes when you have, have work uh I feel like there's so many meetings that you end up not actually getting anything done yeah, yeah. there's days where you're like did I even do anything today like, I've just been in meetings all day yeah I was yeah. just attending that was my job today just be an attendant and sometimes in the meetings you're like like half of the meeting does nothing to do with you and you're like am I, I supposed am I to here? be here <laughs> I'm like am I intruding on something my my favorite is though when you have a meeting and you're like this could have been an email this could have been an email <laughs> but uh uh something I'm curious about like when we look at your timeline and everything like that like before before college like before high school like that that time period when you're kind of like learning who you are um uh not totally because you go to college and you like find out more stuff about yourself (laughs) um uh, I was kind of interested in what kinds of things you were interested in before you started thinking about careers or anything like that like what hobbies you had what what did you think was cool oh um besides Hello Kitty um I loved (laughs) the reason why I got into art in the first place actually I loved art ever since I was a little kid like when I was in kindergarten all I wanted to do was stand in front of the paint easel (laughs) <laughs> and they would have Aww. to literally like Jess we have Jessica we need to do something else and I'm like but I want to paint and so <laughs> I would always like color and draw and even my daughter does that now and it's pretty cool and we do it together but um, I love drawing but what really got me into art was anime in middle really? school in middle school I was obsessed with Sailor Moon and I used to just draw every single thing on Sailor Moon Aww. And um, and then I was like really into X Files. Remember that show, The X Files? I saw your your uh pop thing. Pop Vital? Yeah. <laughs> I loved X. I still love. Well, I love X Files seasons one through seven. Everything else now it's okay. <laughs> First movie was great, but yeah, I loved X Files. I loved anime. Um, I was a total band geek. I played the clarinet from like fifth grade to 12th grade and uh-huh. I was in the marching band and I was Aww. like I still have my best friends are from marching band and we still actually they're coming over today so that's uh, <laughs> really awesome um but yeah it's really rad really good stuff um I was a total geek mm-hmm. I was the chubby geek with crooked teeth and I just love doing dorky things and I had a huge imagination yeah <laughs> 
I was the um uh I don't even know I I was super into like photography I I used to wear like these like super thin wireframe glasses uh (laughs) (laughs) and uh I I was like super obsessed with like school and and grades and books and Pokemon and stuff like that oh my gosh Emily what was it um we were watching that Pokemon movie with Ryan Reynolds and the whole time me and Elsa were just yelling out the Pokemon (laughs) Oh my god, it's Charmander! Like, we were freaking the, out. The um uh VHS um movies. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. When you watched the first Pokemon movie and um Pikachu was trying to wake up Ash, did you cry? Because that was like <laughs> devastating for me as a child. Like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> Ash died, and Pikachu is trying to charge him up and wake him up. <laughs> Remember that scene? I I don't think I did. I I would I think I watched those movies so many times oh on the God. VHS. I'm sending you the YouTube, <laughs> and we're going to cry together. Like like even so funny because even my friends we talk about that scene, and we're just like we're like God, that was like like I experiencing loss at that age you're like oh my god wake up Ash wake up so uh um sometimes when when you go to high school um there's like electives that people offer or like uh at my high school it was like a little intense um they were like okay this is the track that you're on you start in ninth grade this is the engineering track this is the this track if you miss this class then you're not gonna be able to get to this class but I was in high school relax like I don't know what your (laughs) problem is (laughs) but um uh like when when you were in high school like what kinds of classes did you take? Did you do anything outside of school that that you really liked? <laughs> I, the, of course, I was in marching band, and I was like the total emo kid that listened to Dashboard Confessionals and had like the red hair with the dickies, and my oh really like, covered half of my face and my chucks. <laughs> and um, I remember taking a flash class, Ooh, and it was really? like the best thing ever. And then. I remember taking a, a, a web design class in high school, mm. but the way they taught web design back then was totally different. They would just literally throw a book at you and they're like, copy this code, like literally typing, like you're looking at it. It's not even copying a paste. You're looking at a book and you're typing code, putting it in like notepad, and then you would upload it and like test it on like Safari. And I'm like, what is this? And they're like, this is web design. I'm like, but what does the fuck does this shit mean? Like, <laughs> I want to know the why behind this. Like, you know, yeah. IMG, SRC equals qu- quotation. Like, what the fish stick does that mean? <laughs> oh, image source. Okay. <laughs> so I kind that that introduction to web design was really weird, but I was yeah. still kind of intrigued by it. But it was the way they taught it back then was really bad. Oh, I have I- a funny story to tell you. So. In, in college, I had to take a web design class for, for one of my electives. <laughs> and so they taught it the same way where they're like, this is the code, just copy it. Well, well, how does it work? Why do I need to do it? They're like, just do it. It works. And I'm like, well, that's stupid. So then <laughs> having my husband, Nelson, Pixel Geek, I would literally be on Facebook for like the whole lab period, which is like, what, three hours. And I would be on Facebook surfing or doing my homework. And then I would come in like 
the next day and with a full-blown website. And my teacher couldn't prove that <laughs> couldn't prove that I was like using someone else. And Nelson would just hook it up with like these websites for me. <laughs> You're sitting in the back of the class. I don't need this. <laughs> I got a I got a boyfriend who could do this for me, okay? <laughs> But like, I remember having a final and then I wouldn't do anything in class. And then during fi- what the day of presentation on finals day, I had like this interactive flash website and it showcased all the different iPods <laughs> and it, you would click on it and it would spin and it, the screen oh, would wow. scroll like an iPod and I got an A on it and it's because Nelson, thankfully. Thank you, Nelson, <laughs> giving me an A in web design and call it. <laughs> Uh, he told me a story one time about uh, uh, you uh, waking him up in the middle of the night of being like, hey, hey, can we please go to the store? I need some stuff for my graphic design project. Oh. <laughs> finals week. Traumatizing. Okay. So it would be like the day before finals presentation. And I still had to print out a bunch of stuff. And we'd have to like run to Kinko's to get stuff printed. And to this day, I still have PTSD when I go to FedEx Kinko's to print stuff out because I feel like it's like back, back, back in college and like uh, things are breaking. Like I remember we, it was, I had to print out, what was it? A die line for a packaging project and I was cutting it. And at the time I didn't print like multiples. You're supposed to print like three just in case you fuck up. Right. <laughs> I only printed one. always will. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I, of course, I was like running the X-Acto knife down the ruler and it like went the wrong way. And I just botched it. And I remember oh, crying no. and I woke him up and I was like, we need to go to FedEx to print something. Is <laughs> this due in like four hours? <laughs> It is 3 a.m. <laughs> and I haven't slept in two days because of my <laughs> Oh, my God. I, re- I, the one thing that I absolutely loved about being on, like, uh, in Zoom school for the last two years of college was because I didn't have to fucking print anything. <laughs> it was so the lucky. greatest thing in so my entire, wait, COVID was bad. But not having to use the, the third floor printer in the Westwell building at Drexel <laughs> University was the greatest gift I could have That's been given. That's amazing. That, so did you just have to present like digital mock-ups? Yeah, there was a packaging class where uh, she would, we would do things with our own printer, but I could control that. I can control how yes. much ink is in that printer. I yes. can control if there's paper in the room. <laughs> yeah. I had my own large format printer in my house, but of course oh, wow. then- the toner there's like six to eight fucking cartridges on this like large format printer and they cost like 20 bucks each. (laughs) and you know with a printer if one color is down the whole thing doesn't work and you're like yeah yeah I don't understand that logic and then and then you're like crap I don't have enough ink and I remember Nelson would have to help be my investor and like buy me tons and tons of cartridges just in case there's emergencies and then When we would shoot our projects for portfolio class, I remember I had my own light kit and then the bulb died and I was like, we're done. Okay. I don't know what to do. The light died. (laughs) Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. So what was the context of that project? It was like basically, it was a packaging project, but then because it was portfolio class, we'd have to shoot it for our books. 
And so I had this huge lighting rig. And at the time, it was just before like LED key lights were like happening. Like we were actually using like straight up light bulbs that would like short out your entire house. <laughs> like all the other ha- lights in the room, yeah. in the house would dim. Like I would need like <laughs> in my parents' house, I would have to like, uh, like turn off the computers. I would have to like, wow. you know, make sure like all the lights were off so I could shoot in my room and it would be totally hot. And then sometimes the lights would bu- bu- bust and I'm like, damn it <laughs> that's when you just cry yeah that's when you I'm just cry like, accept it <laughs> walk away go through the five stages of grief and then keep going <laughs> so uh what was uh high school like for you like before you decided which college you wanted to go to like what what was that that time in your your life like I was actually going to go to college as a film major really yeah and um I was really into movies I was really into um telling stories um I was always really good at drawing you know and um I realized when I got into college that the major was so impacted that it would literally take me three years just to get into the major and so I was like no it's okay band and ship we're going to art. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So they, what, do they just expect you to just pay tuition and do other stuff before you get into yeah, the major? So, yeah. So what you end up doing is um, you take your GEs and then you take your prereqs to get into the major. And it's like a ton of classes. And I'm like, and then I was like, no, it's okay. It's not worth it. Weird. It's that because, doesn't make any sense. Because San Diego State has so many students. Mm, okay. That's why. Yeah. Nope. Huh. So did was that the the one school you wanted to go to, or were, were you thinking about other places too? <laughs> My parents wanted me to go to a uni- uh, University of California school, so like UCSD, UC Riverside, mm. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not that smart. Like I'm book smart, but I don't. I'm really bad at taking tests, and the I got accepted at UC Riverside and my parents were like you're going there I was like no I want to go to state they're like no you're going to Riverside I'm like I had to have like a full-blown like heart-to-heart talk with them and as Filipino parents like it is unusual for a child to push back on a Filipino parent (laughs) (laughs) and I said no I appreciate you that you're paying for my education but I am the one that is having to earn the grade and going Mm. to school and when I phrased it that way, they were like, okay, deal. You can do whatever you want. Wow. So, yeah. Was that scary? Like, I, not that you're exactly scared of your parents. I'm not going to assume anything like that. <laughs> but, like, was it scary to just, like, have that first conversation that was like that? You said it was, like, unusual to push back. Yeah, because, uh, you know, we were grown up to not question our parents, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a first-generation uh, Filipino-American, and so... You know, I, I understand too that my parents worked very hard to get where they are today, and they want to mm-hmm. make sure that we have the best opportunity. Their children have the best opportunities, especially here in America. And um, yeah, I was a little bit scared, but I was a little bit more like, I really don't want to go to UC Riverside. Nothing against mm-hmm. UC Riverside, but it was just not my place to be. And it was more like that was like the first time as a kid where I felt like an adult. Mm. Where I was making decisions for myself rather than someone else making them for me. Mm. So that was that was a really good experience to 
to go through, but they got it. And it, it was nice that they understood and where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. Um, One question I, I had about that part of your life and choosing your major and things like that. Mm-hmm. I had this conversation with a friend of mine who was also first generation. And um, we were in English class just talking she was like so what are you going to college for it was senior year and I was like oh I'm gonna go study graphic design and she looked at me and she was like but Emily like what are you doing like you could be and she listed off all these things that she felt I guess would be credible majors and she's just like other people don't have like this uh, uh, opportunity to do this other people would want to be in those majors and you uh, you have this opportunity and you're going for what art? <laughs> and I was just sitting there like, uh, okay. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. I, I, she, she, your friend has the point because my parents wanted me to be a doctor. They want, they were like, you're going to go to UCSD, which is like huge on medicine over there. Um, and science. Uh, they're like, you're going to be a lawyer. And I'm like, <laughs> no. I'm going to be an art person, mom, dad. And you know what the funny thing is, is um, when I used to do my art projects, my parents are both accountants. So like, I don't know Mm. where I came from because they're very logical. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm very like the opposite. And so my mom would come up to me and I'm working on my art projects. And I had this gauge with her. If she knew what my project was, I got a C. If she didn't, had no idea what it was, I got an A. Really? Yeah, it was like the funniest (laughs) thing. You'd be like, what is that, Jesse? And like, that's a self-portrait mom of me. She's like, oh. <laughs> Thanks, mom. And then we're like, oh, that's a cool box. It looks like this. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then I'd end up getting a C because apparently to my art teacher, it wasn't like creative enough. And I was like, damn. Oh. <laughs> so I use, I always use my mom. I'm like, hey, mommy, what is this? I don't know. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think they didn't understand it either, but I think they knew that was something I really wanted to do. Yeah. And so I think they didn't stop me. So mm. I really appreciate my parents for letting me do my thing for sure. Did people ever talk to you or like give you context of what I'm going to say? So uh, when, when I was going to school, I was deciding between um, uh, two schools. Um, one was uh really really good for graphic design um and they had all these co-ops and everything co-op like the six months internship six months in school type thing um and so I really wanted to get there but I got waitlisted so I was waiting around about that school and then uh, I also was applying to Drexel and their like their graphic design isn't like their main thing like engineering or business or all these other things are like their main things but graphic design is also good and I was talking to somebody and I was like hey, like, I really want to get in this other school. Their graphic design program is, like, crazy good. Um, and somebody came up to me and said, well, like, you're, you're going for graphic design. You should probably go to the school that has the engineering because, you know, um, your prospects are better there in terms of a husband. Mm. <laughs> okay, that, that comparison came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, the, somebody talking to me about, like, um, uh, they're like, oh, I, I just care about your future um, uh, <laughs> because obviously you won't be able to take care of yourself with art. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Don't you love this unsolicited <laughs> advice that you receive? Like, 
<laughs> well, have you watched that Bo Burnham movie Inside? Yes. Okay, there's a part that I quote all the time. I'm like, everyone just needs to shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I yeah, okay, yeah, I know where you're going with this for sure. So I was just curious if anybody talked to you like that because I was I was really excited to talk to you because um I don't know a lot of people that are uh um like me where they go from graphic design to um uh like web design creative director and everything like that so I felt like you might understand where I'm coming from a little bit more than most people would yeah I think that's the thing is that everyone was like my friend had said that too she's like do you really want to do web design and graphic design because you don't make a lot of money and I'm like well it makes me happy like you know money isn't everything right like you can make a ton of money but if you're not doing what fulfills you then what's the point of that you know what I mean and every day I'm very grateful and I tell this to my team too I'm like we are very lucky and blessed to do what we love to do and that we went to school for it and this is our profession and we're happy at the end of the day you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and it's just like it it drives us it what feeds our soul and it's what you know we're in our genius zone most of the day you know like doing what we love and I think people don't realize that I think they realize like oh we need to find a career that's secure and you're like well some people don't want secure some people just want to do what they want to do and I think that's the type of people I'm really attracted to and who are unapologetically themselves Mm -hmm. and um they do it because they want to. And I've learned that from running. We do the fuck we do. We do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've gotten that a lot, too. Of um, Or like I've had people be like, oh, you're an artist or a designer. Oh, this person. And then they compare you, them. They compare you to them or they're like, well, they're making more money. And I'm like, well, I don't really give a shit. If they're making wait, wait, wait. People money. just say this to you on Yeah. Yeah. Why? And it's like. <laughs> Because again, everyone just needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it, it's not a yeah. Whatever, you, what your experience is very similar to mine for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And did people go ahead? Did people ever talk to you about the whole uh, um, husband thing? No, mm. no, not the husband thing. Yeah interesting i don't know it was yeah. just very uh it was just a, a, a something it was like totally out of left field and i remember listening to that i was like what do you wait, what yeah <laughs> it's kind of like when you see something crazy like run past you and then you're like not even sure if it really happened yeah the, hu- the husband thing was weird that, that yeah yeah that was yeah and you know <laughs> it makes me remember it too like san diego state university was really they're known for accounting mm. so it's like not <laughs> design at all but the thing is funny is that at state all all the art students all the design students they just wanted to learn the program and that's but the funny thing is is that all the professors just they didn't want us to learn the program they wanted us to learn concepts they want they taught us they taught us storytelling and so they drilled that into us about like why are you doing this what is the story behind your design yeah and I've realized that there's even the a design is really, really good. But when you pair design with a concept, it can go hella far. Mm. And I didn't realize that why they did that for us at state, 
until I got out into the real world. And I'm so appreciative that our professors really drilled the idea of concepts into our brains because I see a lot of designers and they just design it and you're like, oh, that's a nice design, but why did you do it? Mm. And they'd be like, oh, well, I just thought it was nice. And it's like, really? No, like it, design is really about function. Yeah. And I, I, re- I think a lot of what, as I look back though, in des- art school, I wish they really drilled into the fact that design isn't for you. It's for other people. It's for a targeted mm. audience. And it's a lot of designers go in and like, well, I did it because of me. And you're like, no, you do it because of something else. You do mm. it. Web design is based on, is data-driven design, you know? You make decisions based on colors or layout because you're going to get the best optimization or the best conversion, you know? Or and- like based on your user testing. Exactly. Right. And so that's the thing is I think that's why it's design is so much fun is because you have to put like me and my team members are talking about it. It's like this big giant puzzle that you have to put together. And at the end of the day, it has to work. And it's like, (laughs) how are you, how are you going to do that? You know, what, how are you going to get your, like fulfill your goal? And I think it's just so much fun because as much as I love, we had this discussion of like, what's the difference between art and design? And it's mm. like, art is open to interpretation. Design has an actual goal in mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think that's where my purpose-driven design philosophy really comes from, is from state, San Diego State. They really, really drilled the why into us and the concepts. When you said the difference between art and design, I feel like... um yeah, the, your definition of art, I agree. When it comes to design, I always thought of it as like art plus math and logic. Yes. <laughs> because sometimes I would go to like art museums, um, sometimes with, with my friends and I, I'd go there for like a school field trip or something like that, or I, I had to do it for an assignment. I'd bring my friend because I didn't want to walk in Philly alone. And my friend is just <laughs> standing there and he's like, what is happening? <laughs> He was, I went with my, my friend, uh, he's a, a guy from North Philly, um, and he was just walking around, and he was just sta- and there, he walked into a room, and there were two um, uh, 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 TVs uh, with, with um, clowns yelling at each other, and the, the TVs were, were facing each other, Amazing. so you stand, and there would be two clowns screaming at you, and he just looked at me as if he was the most lost person that had ever existed and it just all over his face was Emily why why did you bring me here that's amazing I know I know what you mean like I love going to MoMA and and (laughs) you go in there and it's like Alice in Wonderland you're like this is freaking amazing but um yeah I I one time went with my friend he's an engineer major and you know when you look go to an art museum, you you appreciate the art, and, and so you go up to it, you look at it in different angles, you walk up to it, you look from it from afar, you look at it from like the left, you look at it from the right, and you just yeah. take it in, right? And then one time I was staring at this big, giant, like huge photograph, and I was like walking in different angles of it, and then he comes over, and he like, <laughs> I wish I could describe it because this is audio, but he looks at me like really close, and then he looks at the the picture and then he looks back at me and he's like what are you doing <laughs> like I'm, I'm 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 appreciating the art he goes well why do you keep walking around i'm all because you kind of the whole point is to look at it from different angles you know like there's texture sometimes in art and like yeah. how does it make you feel kind of things so that's really op- like even though the artist intended to 
communicate something that is their interpretation but it is open to whatever you whatever you get out of it you know what I mean but like with a website it's like no I want you to click on this damn button and sign up for this <laughs> damn form you know Trying to get my client as many clients as possible. <laughs> I'm trying to build their data list. Okay, I'm trying to get them. <laughs> so it's really fun, but I want to see this clown, this talking. It was the most television. horrifying thing. It was the Philadelphia Museum of Art. I don't, I don't know if I even want to go back into that room just because I know that's where those clowns were. <laughs> I wonder if it was like a commentary on like <laughs> commentary, commentary on society or something. That would be cool. It was probably like a tax scam, to be honest. <laughs> um, Some sort I, of money laundering or something like that. I loved art history class because <laughs> those were like the best because um, you would whatever like you learn from your professors of like, how to interpret art, you'd go to the museum and you're like, oh, this means this when, you know, yeah. you're probably freaking wrong, you know, because you're like, <laughs> a college student with no experience in art history. But um, I remember there was I forgot what artist it was. It's actually you I would sound so bad but I have a quote on my arm that says art is love is God and it's a French French postmodern artist I forgot his name damn but he had this art exhibition where people would go into this room and it was empty and they're like well where's the art and he's like the energy in the room is the art and I'm like that is the most meta thing I have ever That is amazing. Like, he's like, I created the energy. That is the artwork. And you are uh, submerged into it. And I'm like, wow, that is some real artsy fartsy stuff. I love it. <laughs> love it. And people, pay, people paid money to like go and be in this energized environment. Apparently that was empty. Huh? <laughs> but it, can you say the quote again? Art is love is God. Art is love is God. Yeah, I I guess the, like the connections between people because when I think about um something that 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 would apply to, I'm trying to like process that. So, um, I, I that I got it tattooed on my right arm because it was more of a reminder for myself too, um, that that this is what you're meant to do. Personally, mm-hmm. for me, that was my interpretation, and that, um art and your talent Jess is divine and no one could take that away from you that's what it meant for me that's really did people did did you feel like somebody would try to take that away from you or is that this is who I am this is kind of so yeah this is who I am and even though things may get hard this is you know part of who I am Mm -hmm. so that that that's why it's it's forever inked on my skin (laughs) The one thing that I I wanted to bring up, like what we were talking about before, um, uh, with uh, with the doing what you love, even if um, it doesn't always check all the boxes that maybe other people are yeah. expecting you to check. Um, uh, I so I I went to school for for graphic design. Um, I, I the the whole time when I was there, I loved it. I but I felt like this was the closest thing to what I wanted to do. Yeah, but. The whole time I was like, I knew something was missing, but I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And that's really scary when you like don't even know what the problem is. So you just try to like ignore it. And then it wasn't until um, somebody asked me, uh, my, my aunt actually, who I have to thank for that. She, she said, hey, like I have somebody who needs a website done. Um, and I said, okay, I could probably do the designs for it. And then I could like um, find a 
some place I need to develop it. Yeah. And then uh, that person was going to be a WordPress developer and he's really nice and I'm doing a different project with him. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he was taking a while to get me a invoice for it because he needed like the wireframes. He needed to understand everything before he yeah. signed on to it. And that whole process, like before that, uh, waiting for that, all these meetings and everything, uh, I just learned Webflow just like in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> and by the time I got the um, the proposal um, quote from him, uh, I was like, wow, that's that's a lot. <laughs> <Wordpress? laughs> because that, yeah. That's what that's what she's worth. And so yeah. I was like, oh, shit, I could do this. <laughs> Am I about to double my invoice by doing both of the jobs? And then I did. And so then that's that's pretty much what got me into all of this, um, which very was cool. very strange and very like just luck. And then I started to see that like this was a thing that I was missing. Um, these things that are interactive, like any any like digital experience. And now like I'm I'm starting to like get into apps and everything, but yeah. um, which will happen eventually. I don't know, but um. <laughs> But I I started to find this thing that I loved. And the whole reason I brought that up is because um, I really started to notice that if you're really passionate about it, not like you like the way that the title sounds or you like the way people treat you at work or you like the way that the job sounds. But if you're actually passionate about what that thing is, you can you can make it work and you can make money because I I love love money. (laughs) I I love money, too doing a really good job i i love um uh um being valued i love all of these things and and telling somebody that what they're passionate about um means that they have to sacrifice um being valued for it no. is uh something that that happens all the time yeah, yeah. and so i don't think so yeah, yeah. i <laughs> i didn't realize <laughs> the value of what i offered my clients when i freelance or what i what I offer as a professional yeah. until I had a business coach. I have many coaches again, again, I have many <laughs> coaches. <laughs> but understanding your value is yeah. the biggest thing. And so then when, when you go to someone, you're like, this is how much it's going to cost you. Yeah. If you want my services and you want my experience and they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're like, okay, well, that's all good in the hood. Like I just vetted your <laughs> ass right now and this is not going to work out. Like yeah. that is the thing that people have to know. You yeah. know what I mean? And I totally agree that just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean you don't make money. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely a weird thing to to talk about sometimes because a lot of times it is subjective. Yeah. And I really didn't get it until I started like listening to more stuff from Chris Doe, the uh, YouTube guy. <laughs> yeah, I love Chris Doe. And and when I said the thing of uh, uh, loving money, I didn't mean it in like a like a superficial no, thing. It's just all. it's like so it's just like um in my mind it's like such a a fun game <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I I know what you mean because like when I was in my uh. I used to look at money as almost like slimy mm. and then when almost materialistic in a way, yeah. I always, what my, my parents always ingrained in me. They're like, Jess, when you die at the end of the day, you're not taking shit with you. Mm. <laughs> and so, um, but then I learned that money is a good thing because it provides you with um, options, you know, yeah. 
it gives you freedom. And if you look at it that way, then it, it doesn't become the slimy thing that people say it is or superficial thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. more of, like, I look at it as, as rather than having to do it one way now we're able to do it multiple ways. So yeah, it's that free, again, that freedom that I was talking about. So I know what you mean. It's not I, when you said, you, you know, you like money. I like money too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and the, the, the last point of that before we go to something else is um, uh, the, the thing that I told you about um, like the whole thing of um, kind of being told, Hey, like you're going to need to depend on somebody else. If you want to do this, oh. all this kind of stuff, like, just the ability to go into UX, go into web design, learn development, all of these different things is uh, it, it actually switched. And, and I'm actually um, dating an engineer and uh, it's mm-hmm. actually swapped now <laughs> in terms of how we think that the possible future might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's like it um it gives me a, a lot of um uh, uh, of the things in my life that I'm really, really proud of. Um, that kind of stuff is is definitely up there that uh, there, there there's this guy that said one time he was like a very very uh, well-off guy and all of these people kept on saying oh you're so lucky you're so lucky uh, for what you have and and everything like that and he said um hmm it's it's funny because the harder the work that I do the luckier I am <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works right <laughs> but that's the thing is like people don't people don't see that like yeah. Um, my coach has this awesome graphic that she had in her gym and it was like an iceberg and it was like this tiny little triangle and it was above yeah. the water and it's like success what people see and then at the bottom is like this giant ugly ass iceberg that's all jagged <laughs> and ginormous <laughs> under the water and that's what people don't yeah. see and I think that that's so true like you're so lucky you're like but I worked my ass off to get to this point you know what I mean yeah so that <laughs> that's funny yeah he makes a valid point for sure more the more work i get the luckier i am that's funny that's real funny it seems like the harder it is the luckier i am (laughs) and then he kind of looked at the interview and he's like it's interesting how that works right Uh, me and old man wisdom that's so funny me and nelson always have this saying the more you gain the more you maintain oh yeah we always remind ourselves about that (laughs) but um so so back to like your your timeline um uh you you're in school you're like learning all these important concepts to take you through not just to get a good grade or not just to have these like fleeting things that honestly you really don't care about three terms later um (laughs) because that's when you start to realize like as you're going through college you're like oh none of this matters none of this is real (laughs) no 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 it's still to this day i'm like nothing nothing matters or just lie emily or just lie that's why um i i I might um be a little hesitant Uh, often they they bring graduates back to school and so i'm still really connected with a lot of my professors so i'm kind of hesitant i'm like if i do that i might just end up taking over the whole class being like none of this matters yeah (laughs) truly truly i had the first time i had an intern i he was I, i he's like what did he say he's like what's it like to be a graphic designer and I looked at him, I'm like, do you want me to be really honest? Or do you want the answer? Do you want to hear what you want to hear? Yeah. <laughs> like, Just be honest with me. I'm like, 
um, you have to do a lot of work before you get to the thing you really want to do. (laughs) You really got to stick to it and love what you're doing. And (laughs) I was like, I hope I didn't scare him. And I don't think, I think after that internship, he uh, quit graphic design. (laughs) I think he went into real estate or something, so worked out i guess honestly that's probably whenever i I hear about things like that people changing their major or or breakups or things like that they tend to be so good because otherwise like would you're just going to keep on doing this just figure it out later (laughs) exactly i think i guess i guess i guess i helped him (laughs) (laughs) so um uh you're you're going through school just uh, it's funny to look back at this um how do you think freshman Jess was different than senior Jess. <laughs> Let me think about this. Of course, freshman Jess was very hesitant and scared. And then senior Jess was more uh, fearless. She mm-hmm. was willing to do things that she wasn't used to. She was more open to ask questions. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is that people are always scared to ask questions when really you should, because Mm -hmm. it just shows you care. You know what I mean? And people like it when you ask questions, because then there's clarity involved, right? (laughs) Rather than what does Nelson always tell me? He says, what happens when we assume? And I'm like, you make an (laughs) ass out of you and me. And he's like, exactly. (laughs) And so um, I always encourage everyone to ask questions because I, it, I've I've learned that if you ask the right questions, then you get the answer that you need. You know, mm. and even if you don't know, you just have to keep asking, asking questions, and then you're going to get to your answer. Um, yeah. um, my mindset coach has always asked me like the hardest questions, and I'm like, man, why do you got to ask me that? I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> like, because it's going to get to your answer, Jess. I'm like, I don't want to. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to be vulnerable. I want to be vulnerable. Um, but yeah, senior Jess would be, it was more fearless she was more Mm -hmm. confident for sure. Um, yeah, but confident in that 22 year old way where you still don't understand the world, you know, but yeah, definitely more confident. The beautiful fleeting, uh, uh, 22 year old, um, uh, blind (laughs) confidence. Dude, dude, when I was, I, every, like all my friends, not all my friends, but some of my friends were like, I'm turning 30. I'm old. I'm like, what are you talking about? 30 is like the best because you can still be stupid, but be sophisticated about it. Okay? <laughs> when you're in your 20s, you're stupid. You don't know anything. At least in your 30, you know a lot more things and you could be really classy about it, but still be stupid. <laughs> Somebody told me that your 30s are just your 20s with more money and more responsibilities it's true <laughs> and, you just, and you just want to stay home because you don't want to deal with other people <laughs> you get really antisocial. <laughs> i love being 30 i can't wait to be 40 oh my god be fun <laughs> when when uh uh senior just was coming up on to uh graduation um were you excited to graduate no i was scared I was super- really it was I graduated in 2009 so that was when oof, that was when the economy all fell apart and yeah 
some of my classmates stayed an extra semester because they just didn't want to face um, finding a job. Mm. And I, I graduated with honors and it literally took me like six to eight months to find a gig, a production artist gig. You, get, you, you didn't just, just graduate with honors, right? So you had like all of these different things that you were a part of. Because <laughs> yeah, I was lot- like, I was looking through all of them. Are like, are any of these like sororities? Nope. No, <laughs> like all of them. It was like five. And I'm like, how did she do end honors and everything? I graduated magna, magna. Yeah, magna cum laude. And um, I was like, oh, I got this in the bag. I'm going to get a job in 2009. Nope. Nope. Oh, God. And I was, I, when I graduated, I was super burnt out. Like I, I just wanted to just stay home and do nothing. And my parents mm. are like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I worked my ass off for freaking five years in college. Mm-hmm. Give me a freaking break for a second. And they're like, no, you need a job. And I remember I was kind of like down on myself because I don't know about you, but it was, it was hard to see your classmates get jobs when you were trying really hard to get one too. But that was just the name of the game. Mm. And it was a little bit discouraging to see that, but you just got to keep going. And it's really about who, you know, right? Like that's how I got my first gig is knowing someone. Yeah. Um, but I was scared. And, but it's funny you brought up those honor societies, Emily, because I remember my parents made me wear all of my medals for graduation. And my, I was really embarrassed because it was like, like you said, five medals. And my classmates came up to me and they're like, who are you, Michael Phelps? <laughs> <laughs> my parents are like, my, pa- <laughs> my parents are like, we paid for this. You're going to wear these. <laughs> it's a, it's a parent's thing. Just, just I get it. Go. it. Yeah, my, my, my sister was the same way too. She, she's the opposite. She majored in biology and she also mm. had all of her medals too. That's funny. Oh. You, no, you did a lot of research, Emily. That's funny. <laughs> I, I like to do it because I like to have like a full conversation with somebody, not <laughs> not just a, a top of the level. And um, yeah, I I was not excited to graduate at all. Yeah, I, that's scary. I I was I, I was gradu I graduated uh twenty twenty one like this past summer. Mm-hmm. Um and. Uh, it, it was like weird we didn't walk we all just like sat in the stadium for like seven six hours or something like that it was oh like, my god and like I, I actually like left uh like an hour before the graduation was over because I was like this is just gonna go on forever like yeah. I'm just I have all my stuff I'm just gonna, we were literally outside of the stadium leaving as they were like starting to leave and I'm like hey hey look everybody look at me and I, I took my tassel I put it to the other side I'm like we're done here <laughs> yep. but the the thing that everybody like everybody asked you like about future plans when you graduate and I remember saying like graduating high school was like so much more fun because you actually had a plan like yeah. you knew what was happening you don't know what's gonna happen no. you don't know shit what's gonna happen after. This, it, it's really scary because it's like you were in this little, like, even like you said, in high school, you were like in this little bubble. And then you went to college, you went into another bubble. And then mm. it, it kind of was just like, they threw you out and you're like, okay, bye. Peace out. Survive. Yeah. And you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> and then my favorite though, is when I got into the real world, all my mentors, this is after college, all my mentors are like, Jessica, I'm like, yeah, they're like, whatever you learn in college, 
remember that okay I'm like yeah yeah okay they're like throw it out of the fucking window and I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> so it's that concept of like you learned all these things now yeah. you get to break them and you're like oh I get to break rules shut up no way <laughs> this is fun what do you remember like like a couple things that were like that they were like this thing you learned in school you thought was so important it doesn't matter here do you remember um, any of those things <laughs> I remember they're like Jesse, you know how this time you spend like drawing all these logos and stuff like you spend a lot of time and you do all this research yeah you go cut that in like fourth you don't got time <laughs> I'm like what <laughs> so like then you yeah, have to learn how to move really fast right because then in college it was like more about um like cultivating time like you had the, your whole semester spread out to figure out how you were going to do this this yeah. one is like you have two days and you're like okay 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 <laughs> okay you can you can cut corners and then I remember like we had to create all of our artwork and then I'm like did you I'm like, I learned from my mentors I'm like did you draw that and then put it in the computer they're like no it's called stock image I'm like what <laughs> shut up no way <laughs> you didn't like make your own textures and shit with tape and rip paper <laughs> up like, no we don't got time oh for my that Jess. Gosh. that's a repressed memory I just right? remember doing that <laughs> I remember like making I was trying to get like this um this grungy logo done in art school and I remember I had printed out the logo like 12 times on a piece of paper and I took tape and I was like distressing it with tape huh. and then I and then I learned that you could just download a fucking stock image vector <laughs> and like plop it on top but I'm like that could have saved me like five hours college. <laughs> but at the time they told you that was like the only way to do it right yeah yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> that was funny uh, so that blew my mind I was like what no way but it was the one that about working fast that really I learned quickly no pun intended but yeah <laughs> I like working fast like sometimes you think about it I don't know about you Emily but when your back goes up against the wall you come up with some crazy ideas sometimes right <laughs> yeah yeah, versus like kind of mulling it over and kind of thinking about it. But at the same time, um, have you watched Mad Men? No, but I've seen like all posters and stuff about okay. it. So Mad Men is about like this ad agency and the main character is a creative director for this ad agency. And he's kind of psycho. He has baggage. And so when he comes up with these great ideas, he usually bullshits on it. So like he doesn't know what he's going to present to his clients. So then he goes to the movies and watches movies. He takes naps during the day in his office. Um he goes and sees his mistress and hooks up with her during the day because he doesn't know what to, to do for his projects. And so I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Me bullshitting is like a legitimate strategy. To come up with <laughs> really right. Even though I can't relate to the mistress part, but watching movies, taking a nap, but going on a yeah. walk or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. That's what I learned a lot from my mentors is like, you have to move quickly yeah and that's when the the concept thing comes in really handy because then when someone asks you why why did you do this and you're like because of a b c and d they're like okay they can't (laughs) fight you on it you know (laughs) but then i don't know about you but sometimes you have these moments where you have to pull out your art school critique time and then you're kind of pulling explanations out of your ass you're like oh i used the blue because it was contrasty and had a cool feeling (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I use a triangle because of these three words. 
yeah i uh uh, uh <laughs> i i heard about people that um sometimes before they present they try to look over their stuff as if uh they are like um if they're like a hater of them their own self trying to think of like all of the ways that people can they like get it yeah because so like a, a lot of time in most of your life you're like your own worst critic and you see all of this stuff yeah. and all of that kind of stuff and so sometimes just like leaning into that a little bit to prepare for the other people <laughs> i could totally see it too as like a defense mechanism <laughs> so good. but um uh yeah, the 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 thing about working fast, um, I actually uh, by the time I was like kind of almost done with school, I I thought that I actually was like hating everything because everything took so long. Yeah, and like like why does this project take ten weeks? Like I don't get it. <laughs> when it could take like a week. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. but you had to you had sub- had to submit at every stage, and they had to give you feedback at every stage. So I yeah. couldn't just do it for two weeks and then like like screw off for like the next eight. <laughs> And so once I, I started doing freelancing and once I started doing all of this other stuff um, uh, and then now working, I was just like, wow, this feels so much better. Like, I don't feel so sluggish and like I, I can work yeah. on a team and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's so cool. I, I'm the type too. I don't know about you, but I love finishing a project. Like I hate it when it just sits mm-hmm. and, and it's just like kind of getting forgotten. It's like, let's get this finished, guys. Let's. Just yeah. Get it done. Just get it done. Just get it done. Just get it done. <laughs> and the, but like the struggle, the struggle I think a lot of creatives face is you have your timeline, right? And like mm-hmm. that is you cannot negotiate your timeline. And like you still want to crank out really good stuff. So you have to find that balance of like, how can I do this design or how can I make this website really good as possible within the reasonable timeline, you know, without killing myself, mm-hmm. you know? And that is that is a struggle a lot of the time especially in agency life because we move so quickly yeah <laughs> you you want to like there's all these things that you want to do you want to add but like you have right. to be realistic right and then like yeah. uh, you don't want to just give half-ass designs or a half-ass website you really want to make sure that you're making your client happy you know mm-hmm. so that that's the hard part I think that's that give and take you know and it, I have people when I used to freelance they'd be like well I want a b c and d and I'm like well when do you need it by in a week I can only give you a (laughs) and they're like oh okay I'm like but the thing I love about websites though is that I'm like but we could do it in phases and they're like what (laughs) (laughs) that's what we call user testing phase two no way I'm like yeah it's it's so uh, like the ability to actually realistically tell somebody like your your timeline and just be really honest yeah. not just like trying to say oh yeah I can do all of that and then the meeting ends you're looking at this blank screen you're like oh, what did I just agree to <laughs> and then I don't know I don't know about you but when I used to freelance I used to just stay up in the middle of the night and be like this is this timeline is impossible and then you end up working and then you're burnt out by the time you're done and you're like I don't I can't take any new more any more clients for this I'm tired so yeah that I think clients appreciate that too when you're realistic with them like the ones that really really care about the work that you are asked to do um the ones that are just like no I need it by then that's just a churn and burn and I'm like I'm not in Mm. it I'm not in the game for churn and burns Mm. that's that's not how I work 
So like churn and burnout. Yeah. So like, you know how uh, nothing against uh, marketing people, but they like, I need a landing, <laughs> I need a landing page and it's going to go up next uh, tomorrow, but then we're going to take it down anyways. And you're like, so it's you're... like making something and then just getting rid of it. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter after it's like, it's, it's, it's a short-term game. It's not a long-term game. And I'm weird not about long um, short-term because that's weird. the one that gets me really, I've learned from my experience. Those are the ones that get me really tired. Huh? And I want to really create something that's, that's meaningful. It's going to help people. Um, it's going to help my client, you know, not something that's like, I'm only in it to just get money out of people. Like that's not my, my goals. Yeah. It, it's so fun to go through like the whole process and everything, especially when like, it's a really good process. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you're testing and everything. Are you a processor? I think so, depending on what your definition is. No, like I, I, I love figuring out how to streamline processes. I love going through the process. And if you, I think that's just my personality, but like, if you skip a step, I'd be like, yo, this ain't going to be as good if we're going to skip a step, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I love, love it. It's so cool to actually like, like I, I read a lot of books, uh, like two books on user testing. And I was, I thought that it was just so cool. And it, it gives you a totally different understanding of how to approach the project. And it makes you like so much better at, at having that conversation with the client of like, so like, what totally. is the goal? Totally. I, sometimes you get a request. I want to update the look and feel. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> And this is how much it's going to cost you. And this is how like it's going to take. Like, do you understand that? Or um, yeah. Yeah, there's some clients too. Like, that's why I love web design because it's so driven by testing and analytics. And um, they'd be like, well, I want to do this. You're like, well, this is not what the data says. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, oh, and you're like, yeah. So we have to do it this way. Or um, I just, it's, and a lot of clients get really stuck in the weeds and you always have to pull them out of it and be like, this is the goal. This is the big picture. Like, let's not focus on why the button is green. Like there's like, let's go somewhere else, <laughs> you know? So that's the hard part that it's, it's really managing like the clients when you're freelancing. And, yeah. But, but then as you do it more though, and you go through your vetting process, you realize like, oh, this isn't the person I want to work with. Cause I know they're going to be like this. Right. Yeah. So then that's why you look at for specific people that you want to work with, because then, you know, it's going to be a fun experience for both of you. Yeah. And I always um, when I used to freelance, I used to always think like, oh, they're interviewing me. And then it's like, no, I'm interviewing them, too. <laughs> so and I <clears throat> and we have the power to say no, you know, mm. we have the power to say no to people. Like some one time I was in a consultation with someone when I was freelancing Five minutes in, I was like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to work. <laughs> is it like, what, what are kind of red flags to you? Um, if they're, again, the turn and burn is my red, mm-hmm. one of my red flags. If they need it quickly. Um, if they don't have their, sh- if they don't understand that they need to get their shit together first before I could even work. Mm. They think that we could they could, we could build the plane while it's flying. Like, no, again, no. back to process. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, 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 timeline, timeline. Mm. That's the one thing that gets me for sure. 
And if, again, if they're just about selling something and not really helping people, then Mm. that's why I think I really loved working with small businesses before is because they understood that I was a small business too, and that it took time and that they always wanted to get it right the first time rather than rushing through it because it was also an investment for them. Mm. And then it was almost like this nice friendship partnership that I cultivated with them. Like I really loved um, bonding with my clients. It was really fun because then I got like, they learned from me and I learned from them. Like that was the cool part about freelancing different industries is like, I learned about science. I learned about like education and also architecture and all that stuff. So that was really cool. Good times. Freelancing is fun. (laughs) It's really cool, especially in like what, what you do, because, um, you could really work for anybody. Yeah. And then I loved, I loved making my own schedule. And that's when it was like Fridays were like my running long running days. And so I would always Aww. put my out of office on Fridays. Be like, listen, I'm going to be in on Monday. <laughs> I'm out in the trails. So Aww. like what, 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 what type of clients do you like working with? Um, right now, uh, I, I need exposure to all of them to know what I don't like. That's so true. (laughs) That is so true. So I I never, I don't really turn down conversations, but Mm -hmm. sometimes I turn down contracts after really understanding uh, who they are, what the project is, what the expectations are. Yeah. So um, uh, uh, consultants and business coaches are fun. Um, So fun. (laughs) I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, uh, and um, uh, architects are fun because they have like uh, the case studies, which is yes. similar to the way that we do case studies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so fun. Who else? Uh, they're very artsy too. Like they're technical. And again, they're like web designers where they're all about aesthetics, but they're also about function too. So that's a really fun part about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a, a whole bunch of things. I feel like um, uh, uh websites and things like that they can be boiled down sometimes you have to boil them longer um to get to the <laughs> the uh foundations so it's really cool just to just picture the foundations and build it up into all of these different industries but yeah that that was my answer <laughs> oh, i like that because in my vetting process before i would um ask specific questions that could help me figure out if it was even worth a consultation mm. um to get even on zoom if it was even worth my time and really? then, uh, yeah. And then at one point I was asking my business coach, I'm like, can I just ask them if they like to curse? Cause that's like one of my things is like, <laughs> I curse and I don't want to make people uncomfortable. <laughs> and she's like, go for it, Jess. And I never got to that opportunity to add that into my <laughs> <laughs> onboarding form, but it, it, you know, and it's, it's so cool hearing like how you're, you're figuring out who you want to work with and who you don't. And the best advice I got was um, just, just be yourself, be yourself. Mm -hmm. And the people that you will want to work with will come to you. And the bonus is, is that you happen to be talented, you know, rather than thinking, (laughs) rather than thinking it the way of like, Oh, I provide a service. Come work, come work with me. It's more of like, Hey, this is me. This is what I offer. You like it or you don't like it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm Emily. By the way, I'm <laughs> you know, like that, like it's it's secondary. You know, when I looked at it that way, it blew my mind and it changed the game for me when it came to marketing myself. Mm. So it's a bit of uh, even 
even setting for the two of you. Not one constantly trying to get the yes. approval of the other or vice versa. Kind of like you have a project. I exist over here. Come over like and we, hang out if yeah, you want. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, it really changed. Like I was, I was talking to my, my coach and I was like, well, this person's doing this. Should I do that? They're like, do you want to do it? I'm like, not really. Then don't fucking do it, Jess. And I'm like, oh, wow. I could, oh, okay. <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's that simple. Like, okay, if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Or like, yeah. or um, what was the other one? Like, should I put this post? It's really dorky. Yeah, go for it. And then I noticed the the post that I was most hesitant to to put up when it was came to my stuff where I was like, this is a stupid idea. This is horrible. This is so dumb. It ended up being the ones that actually got the most responses. So I thought that Aww. was really interesting. <laughs> so sometimes you just got to like pull the trigger and go and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then you adjust, right? Yeah. It's like I, with a I, website. <laughs> <laughs> There's always iterations you can do. <laughs> There's always faces. <laughs> <laughs> and then the idea too, I always have to remind my team and my clients that done is better than perfect mm. right because that's the only way you're going to learn how to iterate it is if you just push it out there and see how it, people react to it you know because mm-hmm. if yeah. you keep dwelling on it it's never going to happen <laughs> done is better than non-existent <laughs> exactly <laughs> Just because you have it on your computer, it means that it doesn't exist outside of there. Right. And then, you know, when you look at something that's not launched, you're just kind of nitpicking at it for the sake of nitpicking at mm. it. And then it's like, well, you're never going to know until someone, until the people you want to see, them to see is going to react to it. So yeah. user testing. Yay. <laughs> user testing has taught me a lot about my own ego. Yeah. <laughs> like as a person. Outside of work. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like being willing to shut up and just listen to somebody and not add, ask, add these leading questions because you think you're so smart. Yeah. And I get it too. Like we're creatives. We're emotional beings. You know, we, we attach ourselves as much as we don't want to, to our work. And then someone gets a comment. Of course, we kind of get a little bit but hurt, but <laughs> <laughs> you have to really put your ego aside and be like, okay, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. about the project yeah and I've learned too that 90% of how people react to when you do things 90% of the time people react it's nothing about you it's most majority of the time them mm-hmm. so you gotta think Interesting. about that yeah like the yeah. way that they uh they were raised how they interact with people how oh, they're yeah. treating by other people or they're just having a bad fucking day like mm-hmm. you know your intention is to do one thing and then they ended up interpreting a different thing that's mm-hmm. like something you can't control and and part of all that is uh when you're presenting this kind of stuff there i find so much comfort in just like the objectivity of research and yes. testing yes. and all of these different things it's just uh it, it makes you feel so good that it's not a hundred percent dependent on on me and figuring out subjective stuff Yes. all the time yes. even 50 50 is good enough <laughs> yes. yes and you know that's why it's so important that design is such a collaborative thing between mm-hmm. client and designer um because yeah like sometimes those designers like 
sometimes we feel like it's all on us. Mm. You're like, you're, we're going to fuck this up if we don't get it right. We're, it's all on me now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but really, it's not, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and so um, wh- when you graduate and and you, you get your first job, um, you, you talked about like how you realized it was not the same as school at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but um, kind of uh, what was it like in, in that job, these things that you learned? Because I saw... Uh, um, all these cool Hello Kitty stuff and then like there there was like sports stuff and stuff like that and NHL. So what was that that experience like in your life? Um my first first job though was I was a production artist at a casino. Mm. And so my thing was that I always I printed I was always standing by the plotter, the giant you know plotter and I would print out the promotional posters or the backlit posters. And that was my job where I would mount, um, I would mount posters onto foam core, or then I would take oh. like the lead designers, I um, work, and then I would reformat it and resize them to whatever they needed for that promotion. But yeah, as a production artist, I, I just learned the ins and outs of marketing and how mm-hmm. process works and like routing projects. That was really huge. Um, I <laughs> remember prepping files for the printer and I would ask my mentors I said um do you guys still get nervous when you send stuff to print (laughs) (laughs) yes yes it never that anxiety never goes away and I'm like okay (laughs) and then looking back it's never goes away and then um just learning how to I actually learned how to project manage I was like helping project manage and routing projects and delegating work so that was really cool I never learned that before in school There's not a lot of collaborative work in graphic design schools. No, it's really about your project. And then you got to do whatever you wanted versus like, I think it would have been really helpful in art school if like the teacher provided everyone like teams or groups, like this is the pro, this is the client. You have to satisfy the client versus yeah. like, I'm the client. I get to do whatever <laughs> I want. I can make a coffee shop, you know? <laughs> So, and I don't have to worry if, if it's like reasonable or yeah. <laughs> what would have been like, what would have been really cool is if your teacher was like that asshole client, they're like, we don't like anything. Can you find something else? Can you do something else? Or like you're, you're, you're like on step five of step six. And then like, you know what? Let's start all over again. <laughs> oh my God. Nightmare. <laughs> but you, yeah, you were working on teams. You were uh, like, things were actually real you were yeah (laughs) other people existed (laughs) I had to work with other people we we were working like you know with different different personality types too so that's always interesting and learning experience for sure um you get really good at it the more you do it but that was really my my first experience but then my second job is when I was like the Hello Kitty designer and that one was I was thrown into the deep end because it was kind of like just me and then I had to learn how to deal with uh work with pre-press I never worked with pre-press before I had to work Mm -hmm. with um vendors print vendors I never worked with print vendors before that's so scary (laughs) yeah and this was like traditional printing so like the language that they spoke was totally alien to me and I had to like and so that's when I would always ask questions I would like 
learn the pre-presses side so I could have a better understanding of what they needed. And then they appreciated it. Um, I dealt a lot with uh, marketing and event designing for events. Like that was always cool. And mm-hmm. um, like I designed for Comic Con. Wow. One year. So that was fun. That's so, so cool. <laughs> it's kind of the second, the first job was really a nice transition because it was like, okay, it's kind of close to school. I don't have that much responsibility yet. Not a lot of stuff is on my shoulder. <laughs> if I mess up a poster, I could just reprint it. The client just has to wait like five minutes for this plotter to finish printing. But then the second one was really like throwing it into the deep end for sure. And then dealing with dealing with licensors with Sanrio and getting their mm-hmm. like them reviewing stuff and then having to change stuff based on their comments. So it was a lot for sure. And and then after that, I I I I'm trying not to look at the notes. Uh, <laughs> it was the the city of of Charlesbad. After that, no, after in between that, there was something in between. It was um, a small startup company, and we did um, um, flashlights. And we, Ooh. so I did a lot of packaging design and dealt with a lot of retail environments. So that was really interesting in sales. And um, we dealt with Target, Costco, Walmart. And so we would have to, I would have to understand like um, um, this floor displays, like how many, how many oh. um, units actually goes into like this palette that they're going to put in the floor of Costco or um, PDQ trays that will like be at the end cap of like a target aisle in the toy section. So stuff like that. So that one was really cool. Cause then from printing traditional printing and from Sanrio, then I went into more of a retail setting, which I learned a lot too. And then dealing with overseas vendors. Wow. So that was very cool. And then I went to the city of Carlsbad afterwards. I saw a, a picture of you in Target and I remember you holding something. It was like a lunchbox or something like that. And I think the comment was like, oh, it's my baby or something yeah. like that. that was, I think that was like my second Hello Kitty project. And the funny thing is, is that when you see your artwork in the wild, you look at it and you're like, why does that look so familiar? Oh, I designed it. Because <laughs> when you're in retail, it takes like you're planning like six months in advance so you don't so what is it right now it's november so you're yeah. planning for like springtime summertime right now oh, and so wow. it kind of goes out of your brain when it's not you don't see it anymore so well you're looking at it and you're like that looks real familiar oh I, that's me oh I, I worked on that for like a couple months <laughs> that was me <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's the weird part when you do um physical products in in retail it's really funny but then in the city then that's when I learned um public relations like that's really Mm. a different different industry for sure and so dealing with uh, inclusivity making sure Mm. you're hearing people's needs and concerns based on what you're producing um that your um PR people are very fun because then they're very like open open-minded and then they're like okay what could be like the worst case scenario and how could we like fix it (laughs) (laughs) before it even happens (laughs) yes so it's very cool and I've learned that um um you cannot control a narrative Mm. you can manage a narrative and I was like snap snap (laughs) (laughs) so much sense so I uh, throughout my career I've had a lot of experience and it's funny because I forget I forget that I was like, oh, I did all that stuff like with NHL. I even did um, 
Michael Jordan stuff when I was doing Hello oh. Kitty stuff at the same time. Um, a funny story. So <laughs> Um, I was actually designing, I think like a multi-page book, or I think it was a calendar for Michael Jordan. And it was supposed to like showcase a bunch of his like cool stuff that our company has created for him. And so me being the junior designer, I had to quickly put it together. And it was like this really awesome look. And then of course, Michael Jordan had to approve it. (laughs) And then come back and they're like, Jessica, his name is misspelled on the entire thing. And he saw it and he's like, and he's like, why the fuck is my name misspelled on this whole thing? <laughs> oh like, my God. How did that happen? It like went through me and like four other people before it went to him. None of us what saw part it. Spelled? Um, it was his last name. So it's George, George. D-E-N or D-A-N. It was D-O-N instead of D-A-N. George Don. <laughs> oh my god and so ever since then i was like spell check (laughs) spell check so learn your learn learn from my mistake everyone michael jordan might see a misspell (laughs) i i have done that so many times on job applications like just random stuff the 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 way that i fixed it and i I want everybody to be able to do this because it's free and it works so well um uh www naturalreaders.com you Uh can upload documents and you can paste text and it'll just read it to you and highlight each word as it reads it to you and i have not misspelled something since amazing why doesn't grammarly (laughs) do that why doesn't grammarly do that you know i ran i run my tweets through grammarly really You probably have the most like thought that goes into a tweet than like the majority of people that use Twitter. And it's like a stupid cat gif, okay? And I'm still running it through Grammarly. Oh man, yeah. That dude, I need to use that resource because it reads it back to you. Yes. Yeah. That needs to happen. That needs to happen. <laughs> and you know how it is, like you're staring at something for such a long time and then you it just happens to slip slip your eyeballs and then that's why i love web because if there's a typo you just go back in and you just fix it and you're like publish with print it's like it's there forever and you have like two thousand copies of it (laughs) of the calendar no we didn't okay okay it was still routing it didn't go to print but we fixed it but i was just like thank god it got caught (laughs) he proves it but yeah we've done it where we've gone to print and we're like how did we miss that like why is it misspelled like even in in print so so when you do like publications you go through the routing process internally and then you do blue blue lines where they physically print them out and then you go in with a pencil and you like you know fix everything and then you fix it again in the file and then you send it to print and then it's still shit slips through (laughs) that's crazy I don't, I don't understand. I would not, I, I would have issues with uh, trusting myself after that because I've done what... so many things where I, I literally have to like show it to other people. I have to do the reading thing because I'm like, I don't trust myself to be able to. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> My excuse was always like, which is a stupid excuse. I'm like, well, that's why I'm a designer and not a writer, <laughs> which is stupid. <laughs> I'm, what else are you going to say? You're just like, okay. I'm going to go fix that. Thank you. Right. <laughs> and next topic. <laughs> I, you know, and I noticed too, like as, as, as a freelancer, you're really forced to go into these. 
because you know when you're a freelancer you're doing so many jobs because mm-hmm. you have to but you're put into these positions where you're so uncomfortable that you have to do it to do your job but then you get really good at it right after a while yeah. like public speaking I hated public speaking hated mm. it scary and I think with COVID even though COVID is a horrible thing like doing presentations on zoom has really helped in like public speaking Mm. like public speaking (laughs) forums where you get to practice you know like you're in the comfort of your in your room you know your office and you don't have like eyeballs staring at you you know so it just feels like you're talking to yourself so I think that has really helped and um You can even limit the number of audience members that you see to like you and one other person. Yeah. Exactly. Even if there's like 50. Yeah. And we're like, uh, my favorite though is when you're doing like um, webinars and then you make a joke, but because everyone's like muted, it's like you're, all, you're the only one laughing at your joke. <laughs> oh my God. You're like, oh, good night, everybody. You know? <laughs> That's the fun part. But. And and so uh, there in your in your timeline, there's um, the city, and then there was um, uh, freelancing and Catholic appeal until where you are right now. Yes, so it was Catholic appeal, and then I went solo for as a solo entrepreneur for one year or a year and a half, and then then I'm here at JPW as the creative director. How has it been? It's fun. It's (laughs) difficult, but it's really fun. Like I'm learning so many things and it's fun managing a team of, of two other designers. Like it's a small tight knit team. And um, my whole goal coming into this leadership role was that I wanted to make sure that my team felt supported. Mm. That was the biggest thing. And that they, and I didn't want them to burn out and, it's it's like playing um you know root beer tapper that video game no um or oh diner dash so it's like diner dash where a job comes oh in yeah and you need to delegate the work so you have to do it in, in an evenly manner or like you're like okay so this job's coming in who's going to be the best person to work on it who's available what's the timeline so you have like all these factors and then you're working with like the project managers to figure out like, okay, well this project came up. So now your project has to go on hold. So it's like Mm. this beautiful dance that we constantly have to play. (laughs) And because agency life moves so quickly, it's nice because every day is different. Mm, Yeah. And, and it's just, we work with so many clients and then we have a rad team and it's just, it's just fun and hard and stressful and fun and hard and stressful (laughs) all at the same time. But it's fulfilling. It's chaotic, but it's fulfilling. Yeah. So, are you excited for uh, like the next the next year or so? Do you do you see things that uh, on your your horizon that you're um, looking forward to in your role? I'm just excited to learn more. I'm, I just love learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning I, now. I'm embracing mistakes that I make. <laughs> And like, how can we fix it and not happen again? What did I learn from it? Mm. Um, I'm, I'm excited to continue managing my team and seeing where we're going. Cause it's, I want them to make sure too, that they have a creative space where they can play. I want mm. that too. Um, and it's just, it's just, I'm, I'm very open right now to see what the future holds and I'm just taking it all in. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's hard, but it's fun, you know, and I always, what is it? Not everyone would be doing it if it wasn't hard, you know? Yeah. I'm very, I'm very so accurate. Yeah. And I'm very blessed too. So I'm very grateful for everything that's happened so far. And it's been a hard, huh? yeah, it's been a difficult, difficult timeline, you could say, um, mm-hmm. personally and professionally. And I know with, I've dealt with where coming in as a woman in a design industry where it's predominantly males Mm. it's it's I've I've experienced that I've had to work like twice as hard to prove myself Mm. but um it's all worth it it's all super fun (laughs) when it comes to that kind of stuff it's not real I just I try to like just block it out for some reason when it comes to work like I I try not to talk about the I for some reason I don't know why but I just try to have as much deviation from the fact that I'm a girl as possible <laughs> I don't know why I do that I just it's just like uh, I I try not to to talk about it yeah and and it it's gotten better for sure from my experience it used to be um it was a little bit harder, especially when I was coming into the industry and I was like, I look like I was 14 years old graduating oh. out of college. <laughs> like, who does this little, little kid know what she's doing? So that's, that's the experience I've had. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's gotten way better. Um, but where was I going with that? Totally forgot. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I've learned a lot and I've learned what, what not to do what to do and what not to do it's just been a learning experience for me as mm-hmm. um a woman in the industry for sure especially yeah. when I was younger um oh I know I know I've had clients I mostly worked with female entrepreneurs when I was freelancing and I asked them too I was like do you struggle with having to work twice as hard mm-hmm. because you're a woman and she's they're like yeah and you know what's funny is like I had an architect client and she she um would go into meetings with her contractor who was a man and then mm. they would go to the man and be like oh are you the architect and they're like no I don't know what you're talking about she is she's my boss <laughs> and I'm like okay. that's that's gangster that's <laughs> like that is a sick story we're like hey I'm the boss so I think it's 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 still around, but for sure, like it's way it's gotten way better. Yeah. I've experienced it. <laughs> I went from uh, using LinkedIn kind of just like very sparingly, only like if I got a new job, putting it up there, just updating it to make sure it's the same as my resume, to like using it more than I use anything else, and making so many good friends from it. That's good. Um, and and I was talking with one of my friends. She's like, yeah, LinkedIn is like the most toxic app in existence. I hate it. Like it's all comparison, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I have found the, the like my best friends from it. Some of my best friends that I have not mm-hmm. seen in person because they live in places like Germany and Poland and California. <laughs> but like um, doing that, uh, I, it, um, uh not being in a big environment like at work or anything like that just having these one-on-one things I um I don't feel that way anymore um 
the whole thing like I feel especially since these like one-on-one friendships where like you're constantly updating each other on what you're doing you owe each other for advice and stuff like that I I feel like a total equal and I I don't feel that way anymore and it's it's because I've been able to have the ability to reach out to these people yeah that's really good and I think that's the benefit of of social media is that we have like these groups of people that we could depend upon and code for support you know yeah like I said, it's always nice to have people that are like-minded and you could just go to for advice because it's hard. Because sometimes you feel like you're doing it alone, you know, but you're not. Yeah. It, it's so good to just like have these people to go to. Yeah. Um, and, and as we went through your timeline and as we, we talked through all these different parts of you and I got to know you, um, do you think that if there's somebody listening that uh, feels like they're at any of those points in your timeline, do you think that you would have any advice that you kind of wish you got at those points and you wish you could give other people who are at those points in their life? Um, I'm thinking back at like uh, uh, entry-level Jess. <laughs> 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 like, what would I say to entry-level Jess? Mm, I would tell her that you're talented, keep doing what you're doing and don't lose sight of who you are. Cause I think that's the biggest thing. Like if you really know who you are and what you want out of it, out of life, you got it all set for you, you know, and just to be authentic I think that was, that's the biggest take is to just really be yourself because mm-hmm. then people are going to notice you for who you are rather than someone you're trying to be. Because it's just, it's more fun when you're just yourself. <laughs> it's way more fun. It's way more easier too. So yeah. And, 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 and that you're worthy and you're capable of more. That's what I've learned. Mm. And that's what I've learned from my 50, uh, 50K training. And that's mm. what I want people to know is that you're capable more and you're worthy of it. That's so important. <laughs> yeah. I, wish, I feel like... <laughs> I wish someone told little Jess that for sure. Because, I, I, you know, when you, you know you're, you, you're, you know you're talented. It's just that you needed that extra little boost. And I think that's mm-hmm. what I... I needed I needed that support group that you have. That's what I needed at that time. So it's you're it's very you're very lucky to have them in your life. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Matthias and and Ben and all of these people and all these people that I have on Telegram that I bother daily. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, Team Emily, um, it's Team Emily. <laughs> um, but. Being able to spend two hours with you was really, really fun. Oh, it was fun. I had a really <laughs> good time too, Emily. It was really fun. I know. I kind of don't want it to end. Like, we're already over seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I looked at the time and I was like, I don't know if she has other stuff going on today. I should take up th- more than two hours. <laughs> I'm all good. Nelson's, Nelson's fine. My daughter's fine. We're all healthy. We're good. <laughs> well, thank well, you for taking time out of your Saturday to chat. Yeah, I I learned a lot from you, and I I get a lot out of out of these. Um, just 
I don't know, being able to hang out and hear all these stories uh, tells me a lot about uh, things that I, I could do with my own life. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I love hearing I love hearing other people's insight, too. And it's it's great to hear it from your perspective. Um, but yeah, I know. If, if I just, it's funny you mentioned Webflow because um, isn't there a no, the no code conference is coming up. Are you going to register? Did you register? Yeah, I have the, um, the virtual uh, register. Yeah. yeah. Very excited. <laughs> Me too. Um, the, the in-person one was really fun in 2019, but to, next, next year for sure. Hey, you're going to go to California. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so fun. We'll get to meet in, in person. Yes. I've never been. So the, I feel like a good reason the first time to go to California would be for No Code Conf. T- yeah. 2022. It, it, San Francisco's pretty dope too. So that would be like the one of the first cities to, to go <laughs> visit in California. And then San Diego. <laughs> so um, the way that I end every podcast um, is just I, uh, I say how people, like who I am. Uh, what I do and and uh, how people can find me in all of these random places that exist, um, and then I always uh, 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 finish with you, um, just so that that if people listen to this, they're like, "Wow, this person's really cool." Um, they can hear it from you, and then all of it will be in the podcast description, so they can just click on anything and go straight there. Uh, does that sound like a good plan? Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> Great. All right. So, um, hi. <laughs> My name is Emily Giordano. Um, I'm a, a web designer, webflow developer, and UX person. Um, I I love what I what I do. I love um, working on projects for clients. I love working in my UX job at MetLife. Who knows where I'll be in the future? But that's where I am now, and I really like it. Um, uh, if you want to learn anything more about me, reach out for a project, reach out for a podcast, or anything like that. You can email me. Uh, that is Emily, E-M-I-L-Y, at greatdesignlead.com. Great Design Lead is my Instagram that you're listening to the Great Design Lead podcast. Uh, I have a YouTube channel where I record myself the first time I look at websites just to understand user testing. And if you care, you can find that on YouTube. It's Great Design Lead channel. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's just a hobby for fun. Um, and uh, and yeah, and my, my website, www.greatdesignlead. Um, and that's that's it for me. And then we'll finish up with Jess and then we'll head out of here. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Jess. It was great talking with you, chit-chatting, drinking coffee, <laughs> shooting the shit, <laughs> laughing, <laughs> sharing stories. Um, you can find me on social at J-R-A-E Cruz, J-Ray Cruz on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Um, if you like kids, food, and cursing, I'm your lady. that's all i I post on social (laughs) so can't wait to see you online great so i guess this is just goodbye until next time goodbye thanks emily